Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Welcome to this Everyone Wednesday uh, edition of the program. And as I like to do here at the top of the hour on Wednesday, if you are tuning in right at the start of the program, I'm giving out the phone number. You know what it is. It's 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Rabbi Kurt Schneider with Discovering the Jewish Jesus joins me in 30 minutes. We're going to talk about the Taking the Rainbow Back campaign and the swag that goes along with that. And it's really great stuff. And we've got four different items to give away for a big event that he is Behind, July 28, 29, and 30, that involves showing the world the Christian edition, the actual edition of why God created rainbows in the first place. Speaking of rainbows, the Sunshine State of Florida is under the spotlight for this first half hour for a variety of different reasons. You remember last year, uh, it was in February, I believe, of 2022, when Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill into law that was called the Parental Rights and Education Act. It basically ensured that parents of kids in public schools in Florida who were in grades kindergarten, first, second, or third would have complete control and authority over what their kids were learning. It was a reaction to a lot of uh, educators' desires to push transgender ideology and the LGBTQ movement on the whole. So if you had a teacher who was gay, for example, and he was in a gay quote-unquote marriage, and they would encourage the teachers to talk about, hey, I'm Mr. So-and-so, and my husband and I did this this weekend or whatever. And they had books, and there was a young girl in the sixth grade in a public school in Florida who wound up uh, being bullied for being transgender. Only the reason she was bullied wasn't that she was transgender. She really wasn't. She was a girl who liked to play video games and hang out with boys. And one of her friends said, hey, uh, I think you might be transgender because I watch TikTok and that's where I get my news of the world for, from. And so she went to a guidance counselor who just happened to be a rainbow flag waving LGBTQ activist. And this girl got counseling one on one with the counselor for like eight months as to how to come out, how to be, identify with masculine pronouns, et cetera, et cetera. When the counselor started referring to the young lady as a boy and he and calling her by a masculine name on campus, then that girl started to get bullied by her friends. Oh, now you're a boy, huh? This, that, and the other thing. So it was on the second suicide attempt from this young lady at the age of 11, sixth grader, that they finally notified her parents and said, you have to come down to the hospital. And, and it was just insane apparently the girl was concerned because her parents are very devout Roman Catholics and she thought that they would be mad that she had these feelings. I mean, it's nuts. So Governor DeSantis signed a bill that, you remember, it's not that the governor goes rogue and says, I'm doing this. You know, those are the executive orders. This was legislation that was actually passed through the House of Representatives and the, Georgia, uh, the Florida legislature before DeSantis signed it. Well, Organizations like Disney said, no, you can't do that because, I mean, that's a, don't say gay. Remember, that's the don't say gay bill. And we all know that homosexuality is a driving force behind Walt Disney Enterprises. So Ron DeSantis said, hey, look, Walt Disney doesn't really have a leg to stand on here. I'm the company, not Walt Disney. Obviously, he's no longer alive. Because of, and then he cited a law that the Disney company, Walt Disney himself, had negotiated with the governor of Florida back in the 1960s when they took over lands in the swampy areas of Florida to build Walt Disney World and the Epcot Center, the remember the experimental prototype city of tomorrow, Epcot? And it basically gave them sovereign rights over the land 
as if they were like a Native American tribe. Many Native American tribes have the ability to basically have sovereignty over their land. They can have their own government, they can have their own law enforcement, their own uh, utilities, fire department, whatever they, they want to do. Well, Disney had that. Not a lot of people knew in Florida that Disney basically were the police. They were the law, they were the city council. All around Disney World, that was basically run by the Walt Disney Company. And Ron DeSantis said, why? I mean, I get it back in the day when we were trying to attract your business to come here and create jobs and commerce and tourism, et cetera, et cetera. But why are you doing this? So the timing of this decision to revoke Disney's status as it's a sovereign thing uh, was poor for Governor DeSantis. The, The optics here, not really good. Ron DeSantis is going to sign the Parental Rights and Education Bill. Disney and others call it the Don't Say Gay Bill. Ron DeSantis says, oh, yeah, well, Disney has this sovereign nation thing that they don't deserve. We're going to revoke it. And then the basically Disney says, well, you can't do that because um, (laughs) you're retaliating against us because we are leading a PR campaign against your legislation. Well, what Governor DeSantis did, they went ahead and they revoked Disney's status. They created a new Central Florida Tourism Oversight Board. And they were going to take over and run this area, the government, basically, of where Disney World was. Now, bear in mind that while the state of Florida legally had the right to do what they did and saying, now you guys don't qualify as a sovereign nation anymore. We're going to revoke that status. It was going to cost Florida taxpayers a pretty good sum. Because what Disney was doing was basically charging fees and taxes and sliding them all into Disney World and the surrounding areas and hiring their own law enforcement, paying their own city council, running their own rules. But I don't know that the Walt Disney Corporation qualifies as a sovereign nation in the same way that the uh, Agua Caliente tribe does or you know, whatever. I mean, I, I don't see the connection. So basically it went mano a mano and... What happened was they passed the law, they revoked the privilege for Disney, they created the new Central Florida Tourism Oversight Board. The Disney-appointed board, on their way out the door, voted to cede all of their power to the Walt Disney Company. So basically, they were trying to tell the Central Florida Tourism Oversight Board, hey, stick it in your ear because we're not going to play by your rules. See, we went ahead and did this. Well, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said that the board has now voted, and they did so last week, to nullify that deal. And that is why you see the lawsuit. The lawsuit filed by Disney in the U.S. District Court of the Northern District of Florida claims that the Walt Disney Company has been victims of, quote, a targeted campaign of government retaliation. Disney claims in the lawsuit that the Central Florida Tourism Oversight Board's actions, quote, now threaten Disney's business operations, jeopardizes their economic future in the region, and violates their constitutional rights. Now, according to Taryn Fenske, who's the uh, communication director for Governor DeSantis, uh, she said Disney's lawsuit, quote, we're unaware of any legal right that a company has to operate its own government or to maintain special privileges not held by other businesses in the state. The lawsuit is yet another unfortunate example of their hope to undermine the will of Florida voters and operate outside the bounds of the law. 
The former board signed an agreement to transfer its power to the company on February the 8th. The agreement was recorded with the Orange County Comptroller on February 9th, which just happened to be the same day that the Florida House passed legislation that renamed the Reedy Creek Improvement District to the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District and removed Disney's self-appointed board and replaced it with a board appointed by the governor. Ron DeSantis said in a press conference last week, they, Disney, are not superior to the laws that are enacted by the state of Florida. They thought they could create a development agreement that would render everything we did null and void. Well, that's not going to work. It's just not going to fly. DeSantis said the people of Florida made clear through the state's recent elections that they did not want to have, quote, one corporation serving as its own government while everyone else had to play by a different set of rules. Now, I have to admit, as an outsider looking in, not really being fully versed on the legal matter of the sovereign nation and this, that, and the other thing, it really did look like the Walt Disney Company made out big 60 years ago. They signed a sweetheart deal with the state of Florida, and I would imagine that to attract development, which would lead to jobs and tourism, I mean, look how popular Walt Disney World and that whole area is. But the de- I mean, and, and companies make deals with states all the time. Remember the big uh, flap? Uh, this is probably a decade ago. Uh, what was it? Was it Boeing that had been based in Washington State for forever? Uh, was looking to build a new plant where they were going to manufacture some jet. And they were wanting to expand their operation in Washington State. North Carolina was really feeling the effects of the Great Recession. And they said, hey, we got lots of land here. Here's the deal. We will offer you the opportunity to build here will deed you the land or give it to you at a really reduced rate and you won't have to pay income taxes or property taxes for like 10 years. I mean, again, that's not the specifics. That's just the type of deal that would be worked. The only thing we're asking for is that you hire people locally here. Don't bring people in from Washington State because we got high unemployment here in North Carolina. Please do that. And Boeing tried to do it and the union fought back. No, we like our union jobs in Washington, and that's the way we're going to run. And we don't care if there are people in North Carolina who are out of work. To heck with them. That's kind of what they said. States do this with businesses all the time. So the idea that Disney got this deal from the state of Florida back in the 1960s doesn't surprise me. The idea that Ron DeSantis said, hey, wait a minute, why are we doing this, doesn't surprise me either. The timing of this and the optics look very interesting. Now, two legal minds, legal experts who are pundits in the workforce who profess faith in Christ have both said in different ways and in different publications that the Disney deal looks like a sheer win for Disney and a big whiff for Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida. Uh, David French, who's a columnist for the New York Times now, wrote for the Dispatch and actually used to work for Alliance Defending Freedom back in the day, has said that there's no way this is going to work. Uh, and, And it's interesting because it's not that he has wants to pour cold water on Ron DeSantis' presidential aspirations. Uh, David French is a never-Trumper, by the way. He professes to be a Christian and to be a conservative. He just doesn't like anything about mainstream Christianity or conservatism. And then Jenna Ellis, our former colleague here on The Bottom Line Show, who worked as a uh, legal advisor to President Trump and has backed away from calling herself a constitutional law expert, She's also, she works for Donald Trump. I mean, she's a paid spokesperson for Donald Trump. I mean, there's no mystery there. I'm not pointing a finger. I mean, that's what she, that's how she earns a good portion of her living. Hosts a radio show, hosts a podcast, that type of stuff. She just recently moved to Florida. And sometimes she'll post things on social media about how Ron DeSantis could bring the GOP together. And other times, like the other day, 
It was, I told you when this lawsuit was first filed, it was wrong. DeSantis wasn't going to win against Disney. But Jenna Ellis is a member of Club 33. She's a Disney princess all the way. If you look at her social media, that's all she follows. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I don't know enough about the law to know how this is going to turn out. But I do know that to me, it appears that the optics are more important than the actual legalities. It looks like Florida acted within its right to do what they did in terms of wiping out this sovereign nation status for Disney. But at the same time, because they did it when they did it, Disney could at least file some civil charges against them saying, hey, you're really trying to hurt our business model. Now, Disney's hurting their business model by being woke to begin with. But nonetheless, so all eyes are on Florida as far as that goes. But is Disney really being hurt so much by the government in Florida or is Disney just getting their nose out of whack because they're used to kind of running the show. On the other side of this break, I want to take a look at another bill that has been severely watered down in Florida that would have done a huge service to Floridians by stopping the flow of people being trafficked for sex. And when you find out who's behind the opposition to this bill, well, it starts with a D and ends with a Y and the mouse here. Yeah. So the company that claims to be family-friendly and kid-centric wants to fight a bill that would stop human trafficking for sex? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's Everyone Wednesday, and I want to give you a little heads up. Because you're listening in the first half hour, uh, I, I make no bones about it. I know how difficult it is to attract you know, this modern day and age. Here in Southern California, we have so many great Christian faith-based or even just clear thinking programs on the radio uh, that you can listen to live between 3 and 4 o'clock Pacific time, Monday through Friday. I don't take for granted the fact that you have tuned into the Bottom Line Show and are listening. And so toward that end, I always give out the phone number for giveaways early, or sometimes we just do flat-out giveaways between 3 and 3.30 Pacific to reward you for listening. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, 800-227-5278 is the number to call. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And today we're giving away T-shirts. I have four of them. And these are special T-shirts uh, created by Rabbi Kurt Schneider with Discovering the Jewish Jesus for an event called Take the Rainbow Back, which is going to happen at the end of July. But what they're encouraging people to do is go online, sign up to be a part of this, and then also get a shirt. Wear the shirt out at these special events, July 28th, 29th, and 30th. Okay? So in order to support the ministry, um, I 
grabbed a couple of shirts and I want you to have them. So we've got two men's styles and two ladies styles. Um, I'll let the girls let you know what the sizes are. And trust me, I got them a little big because I've worn enough concert shirts in my day to know that uh, sometimes they run a little small. Uh, 800-227-5278. We have four of these t-shirts, two of the men's variety and two of the ladies variety they were giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, uh, coming up in uh, another couple of weeks, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention will be meeting in Orlando. And I'm not going to be attending this year's event for a couple of reasons. I got a couple of kids graduating from college and Lisa and I are in the middle of some housing projects here. And uh, my mom and dad have their 90th birthdays coming up in a couple of weeks. And there's just a lot going on. But I have talked to so many people <clears throat> who would ordinarily go to NRB. This is my first year in almost 20 years to not attend the convention. But I've talked to so many people who said, I'm not going. Why? It's in Florida. It's in Orlando. It's near Disney World. I mean, it's, hey, we got to send a message. I said, wait, but Ron DeSantis and Parental Rights and Education Act. And they're like, it's not enough, especially if you're going to the Orlando Convention Center, if you're going to be staying in a hotel. Uh, I found this interesting, a, a publication called the Florida Standard, theflstandard.com, posted this bombshell article last week about a bill allowing human trafficking victims to sue hotels has breezed through its first committee in the Florida House of Representatives, but then the House Commerce Committee approved a different version of the bill that removed the reference to hotels and lodging establishments. What's the point of having a bill that allows human trafficking victim to give them the ability to sue hotels if then you take out hotels and lodging establishments? Uh, Polaris is reporting that hotels and motels of course, our people know they're notorious for sex trafficking. I mean, it's easy access, right? You can pay in cash. You can show up and rent a room for an hour or maybe a couple of days. There's low overhead. You don't have to buy any place, and you can move on from time to time, town to town. And when you've got underage victims in particular, uh, the Internet has just caused this really to explode because websites can be set up. They could be buried on the dark web. They could disappear. People use cell phone technology that it's easy to trace unless you use those what they call burner phones where you buy a phone, use it for a couple of days and throw it away. You, you know, it's not it's a prepaid phone that you could use. Um, it's interesting. Criminal court records routinely list the names of hotels and motels that are part of traffickers, highly organized operations to transport kids and adults for commercial sex. But there have been times when in some of these hotels, people have reported literally hearing victims screaming for help in the hallways and nothing happens. There's a woman by the name of Savannah Parvu who was trafficked for commercial sex at the age of 12. She recounts being used uh, in multiple Central Florida hotels. She testified before the Florida House of Representatives and that Commerce Committee that hotels know what's happening on the property. She said, and I'm quoting her here, people who worked at the hotel knew what was happening. They never did anything to help me. In fact, they actually assisted my trafficker by letting people into the room. Now, under the original bill, victims would be permitted to seek damages in court from hotels unless they could prove to the court that the establishment implemented specific measures to prevent human trafficking on their property. However, the new bill only applies to lawsuit conditions to strip clubs and adult entertainment venues. So you could be at Disney World, staying at one of their hotels, and they're not covered anymore. 
Representative Taylor Yarkowski of uh, Lake County said, I've heard that the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association is hard at work at stopping this, and you know what? I get it. Basically, the, the question is, if the hotel industry wants to keep its members from getting roped into litigation, they don't want to be a part of these suits. But at the same time, if human trafficking is happening in their establishments, uh, well, Representative Yarkowski says, if we can't protect our children from human trafficking, I would ask this question to anyone in Tallahassee. What in the world are we doing here then? This is not the first time the legislature has tried to pass a measure allowing human trafficking victims to sue hotels. In 2018, they did the same thing. But according to members of the South Florida Human Trafficking Task Force, it was abandoned because of, are you ready? Pressure from the hotel industry. Instead, lawmakers passed a bill that required hotels to hang posters with a human trafficking hotline number on it and also to to provide mandatory training for hotel staff. Now, that is a good start. However, here's Ron DeSantis mentioning the hotel industry influence when he said that Disney had been involved in watering down bills on human trafficking. Quote, there have been bills in the legislature and I've signed bills as governor. What would happen, though, is the bills as they were going through the process would sometimes get watered down, largely due to lobbying heft of Disney not wanting to have warnings to hotels and staff. Nicole Whitaker is the executive director of Christians Against Trafficking and said that Disney stopped previous legislation that would allow hotels to be sued by trafficking victims as well. So you see the battle. And what's happening now. And I can understand more fully why some of the people that I work with on a regular basis, many publicists, even some people who are familiar guests here on the Bottom Line Show, when I asked them, hey, are you going to NRB? They said, no way. There's, I'm, I'm not going to that state. I'm not going to be any part of that. And the more I thought about it, I realized I had a logistical reason for not going, but the moral reason starting to win out as well. Some final thoughts on the Florida debacle with regard to the hotel industry actually fighting back against laws that would make it more encouraging for sex trafficking victims to sue the hotels where the trafficking took place. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Don't believe your insurance company is looking out for you. They're not. They want you to call them after you're in an accident, but you shouldn't handle that alone. That's where Stephanie Cover of Cover Law shines. With 20 years of insurance industry experience, she knows all the angles and will fight for your rights. Insurance companies pretend to be your partner, but in reality, their primary goal is to pay you as little as possible. When you work with Cover Law, Stephanie becomes your negotiator, and the insurance companies must talk to her, not you. You need to rest and heal. Stephanie is different from other attorneys. She's fully invested in your legal, medical, financial, emotional, and spiritual needs. After an accident, you don't want to deal with insurance adjusters who want to minimize your payout. So don't wait. Contact Cape Wright's personal injury attorney today at capewrightradio.com slash coverlaw. You won't pay a dime to talk to someone who truly cares about your healing. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Analysis, balance, and clarity segment here uh, and sanctity of human life as well. Regard to young girls especially, but people in general, boys and girls, men and women, who are trafficked for the purpose of sex and the hotel industry pushing back against a bill, House Bill 7045 in Florida, that allows human trafficking victims to sue hotels. 
It went through its first committee in the Florida House, but then when the House Commerce Committee approved a different version a week ago, that bill removed any reference to hotels and lodging establishments and limited the bill to adult venues, quote-unquote, and strip clubs. Now, massage parlors probably qualify as that as well. Now, that is definitely a place where they need to be able to have some kind of uh, uh, pressure on those who would traffic in those areas. But the one with the hotels just basically points back to Disney and some of the other uh, members of the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association that say, hey, look, I mean, we, we can't have this happening. We don't want, not the trafficking. They're saying, oh yeah, we don't want trafficking, but we don't want to get sued. And if we get sued, well, you know what's going to happen. Your rates are going to go up and it's going to be impossible for us to do business. And that's how tough the industry is. This is where our morality often ends in the culture, quote unquote, if you don't have a godly uh, biblical worldview perspective behind it. We'll put this article up at thebottomlineshow.com. Please be in prayer for the members of the Florida House of Representatives and their state Senate, knowing that Governor DeSantis will send, will sign whatever bill they send his way but he, even he is realistic and says, look, these lobbying organizations are so strong and they're so intense that we would be shocked to see a bill with any kind of teeth pass with regard to stopping human trafficking. Hey, let's take a quick break. It's Everyone Wednesday. And today here on The Bottom Line in the next segment, Rabbi Kurt Schneider from Discovering the Jewish Jesus Ministries is going to join me. Of course, if you listen on KCBC, uh, Discovering the Jewish Jesus comes on at 4. We're on 3.30 to 4. If you listen on our sister stations in Denver, KLTT, uh, 9 o'clock a.m. and 8 p.m. here in Southern California, 7 uh, a.m., 7.30 a.m. here on uh, KBRT, uh, KBRT AM 740 and AM 1240. Rabbi Schneider had a vision not too long ago from God to take the rainbow back. So much of what he sees uh, traveling the world, but especially here in the States, where the LGBTQIA plus lobby has basically adopted the rainbow flag as their uh, symbol. The rainbow has very deep spiritual significance about the, the dignity of human beings and the sanctity of human life from a biblical perspective. And Rabbi Schneider is calling on Christians all over the country and all over the world to take the rainbow back the weekend of July 28 and 29 and 30. Now, it involves signing up at taketherainbowback.com, which we've got that link up at thebottomlineshow.com, but also uh, get a t-shirt that talks about, it's got some scriptural advice. It's a black shirt with a rainbow against it. And these are the shirts that we're encouraged to wear that weekend, wherever you go, in groups of four or five. Give people a chance to ask about that rainbow, what it really means. A lot of people just don't know anymore. We've got four of these t-shirts to give away. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You can call right now and get in on the drawing. Rabbi Schneider joins me next, though, as the bottom line continues. Well, today here on the Bottom Line Show, we're going to get into an issue that has probably seemed like a moot point for some believers. For others, it's just kind of like a wave the white flag rather than having to deal with anything that has to do with the rainbow. As we've seen, the rainbow become the symbol of the LGBTQ movement all across the country, rainbow flags, rainbow stickers, et cetera, et cetera. Many Christians grow a little weary of saying, hey, wait a minute, hello, (laughs) rainbow came from God, not from the LGBTQ community. But it seems like this is one of those battles that a lot of Christians have chosen not to fight. Well, fortunately, Rabbi Kurt Schneider with Discovering the Jewish Jesus Ministries uh, has led the charge to take back the rainbow. There's a brand new movement called TakingTheRainbowBack.com that we have a website linked up at TheBottomLineShow.com. And Rabbi Schneider here to discuss it with us. Rabbi Kurt Schneider, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. 
brother. God bless you. Thank you very much for having me back. Well, we are so grateful that you are uh, standing up to this, uh, I think, injustice, you know, that's been happening in the culture. And so many people have biblical ignorance to the point where they wouldn't know that the rainbow is actually of tremendous biblical significance to us as believers. Uh, talk about where this started for you. Was it kind of a righteous indignation? Was there a straw that broke the proverbial camel's back to get this yeah. going? All the above. First of all, everything that you said, Roger, from the bottom of my heart was very well stated. I think there's a lot of believers, they think this is like a side issue. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, pastors and other believers that think like, you know, we just preach the gospel. You know, we're just going to talk about, you know, God's soul of the world and we're not going to get involved in any type of political issue or any type of cultural issue. We're just going to tell people that Jesus loves them. And I understand that because I've been preaching the word of God for 40 years, you know, Amen. line by line. But some Something in me, in this particular case, just rose up inside. It is a righteous indignation because this thing has steamrolled the Western world, even the world itself, with a, with a weight and a power that if people really realized what was going on, it would take their breath away. But here's the thing why it's so important. This is not just a issue. This gets to the very heart and center of God's divine design and creation. And mm. if the church surrenders here, the next thing that the church is going to surrender is that Jesus is the only way to heaven. In other mm. words, when believers back off on this point, it won't be long until they'll basically say that all roads lead to the same place. This is crucial. Mm. It's essential that we get this right. And yet at the same time, Rabbi Schneider, I think you and I would agree that you're talking to a church community right now that does not understand the importance, the weight, the significance of this. It's just another issue. And there even be some people in the church, and I hate to say this, but as a, a friend of mine likes to say, where he's preaching out of anything in the Old Testament, he says, you'll find those in the cleaner pages of the front of your Bible, you know, because chances are you haven't been reading them. You haven't been looking at them. You haven't been marking them up. But there are a lot of people who really don't understand the significance of Genesis, that don't see the connection in Revelation regarding the rainbow. And they're saying, well, no, wait a minute. I mean, we know rainbows occur naturally. We know that uh, the, the LGBTQ movement has kind of embraced this. Uh, aren't we being a little dogmatic and heavy-handed, Rabbi Schneider, to say this is the time to do that? Now, I'm, of course, I'm putting up a, uh, that hypothetical argument. Go ahead and dismantle that, if you would. Well, what it, first of all, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's very amazing that when Paul starts out his teaching in the book of Romans, which is the greatest theological treatise in the entire word of God, explaining God's plan of salvation and what the gospel is all about. In Romans chapter one, he talks about that the whole world is guilty before God for suppressing, he says, the truth in unrighteousness. Mm. And then Paul goes on to say the consequences of suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. And Paul specifically says the consequences of denying the creator and not being willing to submit to his authority because we want to live autonomously. Paul said the outcome of that is homosexuality, that mm. men exchange the natural desire for women to instead burn with desire for one another. And the same thing is true for women. This is the ultimate consequence of forsaking God. And we're back in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it's not long unless there's a huge repentance before destruction comes on the entire earth. Rabbi Kurt Schneider is my guest today here on The Bottom Line with Discovering the Jewish Jesus Ministries. You hear the program here on KBright, KCBC, all throughout the, uh, the Crawford Broadcasting Network. 
He is the driving force behind a new movement, a new initiative, if you will, called TakingTheRainbowBack.com. And the movement has begun. There's an event that's coming up in July we want to get to. But let's talk about some of the ways that people can get involved, because I know we're talking to a lot of folks right now who are saying, I didn't realize it was that bad. And I didn't realize I need to be playing more of a part in standing up. I'm, I'm not really a militant person, Rabbi. So so what what exactly should I be doing? What, what are some of the ways that we can begin to start taking the rainbow back? in our culture? Well, I think the first thing to educate all of us and to bring clarity is if you'll go to the website, takingtherainbowback.com. There's a lot of similar websites. I'm going to say it again, just because the verb is very specific, takingtherainbowback.com. There's a, there's a video there that is the video that I delivered. It's the, it's the message I delivered a day after the Lord inspired me. And I mean, powerfully inspired me to rise up and take this thing on. So in that video, I talk first of all about what does the rainbow actually symbolize in God's word? And it's not only in Bereshit, which is the book of Genesis, Bereshit is the Hebrew name we call it the book of beginnings, but you look, for example, Roger, in Revelation, where John in Revelation 4, 3, he sees the Lord on the throne, and what does John say? There was a rainbow around his throne. Yes. And in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 28, where Ezekiel sees the Lord, he said, there's a radiance around him like a rainbow. And of course, we know in the book of Bereshit, in the book of Genesis, when the Lord, after flooding the world, put a rainbow in the sky, and he said, this is a sign of my everlasting covenant with you. The rainbow belongs to God. It's, and I have a personal affiliation. Uh, and it's hard to explain, but suffice it to say that if people uh, read my autobiography called The Breakthrough, the Lord has done some really supernatural things in my life, manifesting himself to me. And in that manifestation, there was rainbow, there was, there was a rainbow symbolism going on. So personally, I've been very connected to the rainbow long before it was a contentious issue. I just related it more like Ezekiel did. It's a symbol, you know, it's a, it's a manifestation of the glory of God. So when people go to the website, takingtherainbowback.com, they'll see the foundational video right from the heart. No script. In fact, it, it happened on a Monday. I was on Sunday. I was driving. This thing rose up in me. I called my marketing director. I said, we're launching a movement. I'm going into the studio tomorrow. I'm going to do a YouTube live. And he was like, well, you can't launch a video in a, a movement in a day. You know what? Uh -huh. you know, he was like, a, you know, a little upset by the whole thing. I said, nothing's getting in the way. We're doing this. I don't want any breaks. It was so strong, this thing that rose up in me. It's like one of my guys said he went to Starbucks the other day and every cup of coffee they served, they were putting a rainbow sticker on the thing. I mean, this mm. thing has absolutely taken over and it's so messed up. I mean, I, I this is not a, you know, just because you say something is wrong, that it's not part of God's divine design that men are with men and women are with women. That doesn't mean you hate anybody. Right, right. And I but, think that's key. It's so important. And uh, the cultural left misses that. Anybody who disagrees with me hates me. And this is hate speech and they're attacking me. And this is violence. I'm using the air quotes for our folks yeah. watching on myhopenow.com. And, and, and nothing could be further from the truth as we're talking with Rabbi Kurt Schneider of Discovering the Jewish Jesus, talking about takingtherainbowback.com, this great movement that's starting. It really does start with the love of God toward us and the love of us sharing our the love of Christ with other people, love 
loving them enough to say, look, I mean, I, I use this analogy a lot, but one of my grandkids went running in the road chasing after a ball or a toy or something like that. And there was a car coming. You bet I would move heaven and earth to protect that child because they didn't know they were putting themselves in harm's way. We've got an entire generation or two or three, Rabbi Schneider, that seems like they have put themselves in harm's way. And what you're seeing, what you're saying right now is that we're seeing the consequences of that sin playing out in the culture right now. Totally. I just interviewed Roger, somebody uh, in my studio last week, and uh, he was living a life as a heterosexual, didn't have any same-sex attraction for 17 years. He got involved with a movement in his high school called the Gay Straight Alliance, only, mm, because, he, I've heard of them. only because he had compassion on people that were in the gender fluidity lifestyle. What ended up is the spirit that was on them came upon him. Mm. He ended up actually transgendering and was living like a woman for seven years. He took wow. the, um, you know, the um, hormone pills. He grew breast. He had surgery done on his face and facial hair removed. Hmm. He was about to do the ultimate surgery. And our listeners know what I'm talking about. And somebody came into his life, loved him, prayed for him. He got saved, turned things around. He's married to that woman now. Oh, wow. Freedom and deliverance. And he Love said it. he's never been happier in his entire life. I want people to go to the website, takingtherainbowback.com, and first of all, get one of the T-shirts. And mm. the T-shirts, basically, you'll see them when you get to the website. They have scripture references, the website. And I want people to wear these shirts out in public. You know, we are so afraid to identify with the rainbow as God's people. We've surrendered it. But we've got to be bold in righteousness. Let's be testimonies on the earth to what the rainbow is really about. It's about God. And when God's people will have the courage to go out in public and take a stand for what the rainbow really stands for, it's going to create a beacon of light and hope for people that are struggling and in darkness and are looking for a way out to find help. Go to the website, get the shirt, and then I'm encouraging uh, groups small groups, Bible studies, churches on the weekend of July 28th through the 30th to go out in mass, you know, five people, 10 people, 15 people, 50, 100, however many it is, to go out in mass to public places, wearing your shirts, making a statement, loving people, handing out water bottles, handing out popsicles, handing out tracks, pray for people. Let's stand up because church, if we don't stand up, we're going to pay the consequences for our silence. Mm, boy, that is a powerful exhortation from Rabbi Kurt Schneider today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about taking the rainbow back, the movement that is literally sweeping the nation, and it's something that was uh, a flame that was kindled in Rabbi's heart and now has become a movement that is sweeping the country. And we're encouraging you to go to takingtherainbowback.com. We've got that linked at thebottomlineshow.com where you can see more about the movement itself, the merchandise that he mentioned, of course, the T-shirts. I'm always down for a T-shirt. And then the big event coming up the weekend of July 28th, giving you the opportunity to go out and literally help people understand what the rainbow really is all about and why it is a symbol of true peace and true happiness and true love, not the worldly version of that kind of quote unquote happiness and peace and love uh, that has been uh, basically shoved up our noses and down our throats for too long. Uh, more of my conversation with Rabbi Kurt Schneider from Discovering the Jewish Jesus in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Rabbi Kurt Schneider, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Varsh. We're talking about this brand new movement that Rabbi is the driving force behind. It's called Taking the Rainbow Back. 
takingtherainbowback.com is the website. You're encouraged to go there. We've got the link right now. You'll see a video message from Rabbi Schneider explaining what this is about, um, an encouragement for you to pray, and also, too, an opportunity. I thought this was very uh, helpful, too. This is not just a do this passively. You're actively involved in working with the people who are engaged in this. So you're sending out uh, personal texts on a fairly, fairly regular basis, Rabbi. Talk about what, what's behind those and, and how it keeps us all connected. I really thank you, Roger. I really want to encourage people. When you go to the website, there's an opportunity to send up to receive personal text messages from me. They'll come directly from me in real time, and they'll only be sent out when appropriate to encourage you or to share with you something that's happening in the movement. I mean, we've been doing this for a while. We've got about 20,000 people right now that are receiving texts. And they're blessed. I mean, the people are encouraged and blessed to um, uh, just, you know, be inspired, get a little shot in the arm every now and again. But the reason that I've done this is because I believe the Lord wants me to raise up an army. We need to raise up an army, the church. We need to raise up an army to be a standard of righteousness in the earth. And this whole situation about the rainbow, if you think about uh, the uh, the connotations of it, the symbolism, you know, we think about the rainbow in the sky in the book of Genesis when the Lord made an everlasting covenant and used it as a sign. But you think about what it represented. First of all, it represented new beginnings, right? The Lord had cleansed the earth of unrighteousness and he put the rainbow in the sky. It was a time for new beginnings. And how many people in the world right now need hope? You know, they need a new beginning. Yes. You know, that our lives become new. All things become new in Christ. They need that message more than anything else right now. The world needs hope. And then I also think of the rainbow representing innocence because the Lord put the rainbow in the sky after he cleansed the world of evil. And when I look at little kids, like I have a little granddaughter and, you know, when she was three years old, uh, Roger, and she got her, her plate chalk and was sitting on the driveway. What did she draw on the driveway? She draw she drew a rainbow. It's a, yes. it's a symbol of innocence. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need as God's people to carry the message of truth. But this is what God's people need to hear right now. If you're truly a disciple of Jesus, my beloved brother or sister, I want you to know there's a price that needs to be paid for being his disciple. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Blessed are you when men say all kinds of evil about you and insult you because of righteousness sake. He said they did the same to the prophets of old and your reward in heaven will be great. And he said, he that has lost father, mother, brother, sister, friends because of me will inherit many times more in this life and eternal life and the life to come. As a Jew, I've had to pay a great price to follow Jesus. So God's people, they're, some of us are not willing to get our hands dirty, but, you know, we're called to be priests. And when you think about the ancient priesthood, they got bloody. We need to be willing to get bloody over this cause. Listen, when we surrender God's divine design for human beings, which are men and women coming together in holy matrimony, and we surrender to the gay community because we're too afraid of, you know, getting our fingers hurt. I'm telling you what, we're going to we're going to pay the price for that. God said to the prophet of old, he said, listen. You go warn them. If they don't listen to you, that's on their head. But right. if you don't warn them and they still continue to sin, it's going to be on your head. Taking the rainbow back, church, taking the rainbow back that time. We have got to do this together, together. Well, one of the objectives I know of this movement, Rabbi Schneider, is to bring the body of Christ together. I mean, the fact that we can we can promote righteousness here on earth, here in the culture, by showing a unified front from the church. But you said something earlier, and I'd love for you to circle back around on this too. Oftentimes when we see how contentious this issue can be, 
And it's mm-hmm. typically, by and large, it's the LGBT activists that are attacking people. I think of uh, the young woman at, in San Francisco who was talking about the transgender athletic competition thing. And the thanks she got after a civil conversation inside the building was activists chased her down, punched her in the face and forced her to hide in a room for three hours because, quite frankly, they were so, quote unquote, loving and inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you uh, what you're talking about here is something that really is a very loving movement. This is not going to be chanting and screaming and shouting, but rather just saying, hey, we're here. We've got if you've got questions, we've got answers. We're going to provide you with something to drink. We're going to you know, this is going to be a very pleasant experience, but it's a very firm but fair and loving way to share the truth about the rainbow. Talk about why that is such a huge part of taking the rainbowback.com. Well, you're right. And, you know, whenever I do a YouTube live or I'm communicating with people, I'm always praying, Lord, let the love of Jesus come through. Amen. Because we're taking out an issue that is contentious and there's no way around that. I mean, the only way around that is to surrender and be silent. And that's not the answer. We have to confront the issue, but at the same time, we have to, as much as possible, convey the nature of Jesus as we're doing it. If people are going to get mad, that's just going to sometimes happen. But what we want to do is we're, we're bringing in a message of love and of truth. You know, Paul said in the book of Galatians, he said, have I become your enemy because I've told you the truth? Mm. Wow. That's, it's heartbreaking to think that somebody would feel that way. You know, but we want the biblical exhortation. Do we? I mean, Rabbi Schneider, we need that biblical exhortation. And we have a body of believers right now, professing Christians, who George Barna says, maybe four out of every 100 people who says, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, really does have a truly biblical worldview. Um, talk about the Taking Back the Rainbow Back event again on the tw- weekend of July 28th. It's happening all over the country. Are there specific locations that you're encouraging people to go? How, how does that look here in the final couple of minutes of our conversation? Okay, very good. So you go to the website, takingtherainbowback.com. You get your T-shirt because we're going to go out in groups, small groups, Bible study groups, churches, to public places, parks, uh, parking lots, malls, indoor, outdoor malls, sporting events, et cetera. We're going to go to these events with water bottles. We're making tracks available online to give out, talking about what the rainbow is really about, the hope it offers, the beauty it offers, the love of God that it offers, the fact that we can trust him and his promises. And uh, so we're going to, we're going to go in public places in solidarity the weekend of July 28th through the 30th. And we're also giving people an opportunity just to stay connected. That's why I want to encourage people to sign up for these personal text messages, because there are so many things on earth that the body of Christ needs to be unified in to make a difference. I'm not name dropping here, Roger, but a a president said to me one time, I'm about the president of the country, said to me one time, if Christians would just be together on things... Mm. You guys would be like, you you, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd shift the culture. But the problem is we're not coming together and standing together on areas and on issues where we need to. And once again, this particular issue, this is just not some side issue. Right. This is like the God's creation at the very center of his creation is man who he made in his own image. And his divine design is that men and women, the first commandment is for men and women to come together and populate the earth. When we've surrendered that to some kind of mishigas out there, and we're just letting it go and not saying anything, I mean, how can we say that we're the salt of the earth and the light Mm. of the world? Mm. 
when you put it that way, Rabbi Schneider, there's really no argument. There's really no defense. And and yet we know that there are a lot of people in the body of Christ who, quite frankly, haven't heard it presented that way before, either in the pulpit or in the Bible studies or in what they're getting out of their own Bible reading. So this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for us to educate the culture, but also to strengthen the church and the, the body of believers. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you're doing that. Rabbi Kurt Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus Ministries. We've got their link up at thebottomlineshow.com. Don't forget, uh, you can hear Rabbi uh, every weekday at 4 4 p.m. on KCBC and also 7.30 in the morning right here in Southern California here on KBright um, and all throughout the Crawford Broadcasting Network. But then takingtherainbowback.com is where you want to go today so you can sign up, get Rabbi's text messages, find out about the shirts, and learn more about this event that's coming up and stay connected because this doesn't just end on the weekend of July 28th, Rabbi Schneider. I get the sense that you're only getting warmed up. Thanks, brother. Thank you for praying, brother. I appreciate All right. that. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. I love you, buddy. Thank you for being my friend and my brother. Well, amen to what Rabbi Schneider is talking about. TakeTheRainbowBack.com is the website. When you go to sign up, you will see... Uh, sign up to get the uh, text information updates and the email addresses, but then also you'll see the area where they're encouraging the purchase of these t-shirts for Take the Rainbow Back weekend, July 28, 29, and 30. I have four of these shirts to give away today to bottom line listeners, uh, two in the men's sizes and two in the women's sizes, and I got them a little bit big because you know how it is. Sometimes they say, oh yeah, small, and it you know, barely gets around your arm. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we've got four of these t-shirts to give away for Take the Rainbow Back event, uh, courtesy of our friends at um, Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi Kurt Schneider Ministries. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com, hit the Preborn banner right now. My thanks again to Rabbi Kurt Schneider of Discovering the Jewish Jesus Ministries uh, for being with me for the past half hour to talk about TakeTheRainbowBack.com, the website, and we've got the video up, the video that he recorded, about 20 minutes explaining why it is that this event is going to be so popular. Uh, there's an Old Testament passage on the shirt. Um, basically, oh, it's TakingTheRainbowBack.com. Um, it, there's a black t-shirt that they have. They've got men's sizes, women's sizes. The sizes go extra small all the way up to 
5X for the guys and not quite 5X for the ladies. Um, it's a black shirt with a rainbow on it, and it says it's got the words of Revelation 9.16, excuse me, Genesis 9.16 and Revelation uh, 4.3 on it. And uh, I, I encourage you to get a shirt. We've got um, basically... We've got four of these shirts to give away, two men's, two women's. And give us a call at 800-227-5278. We'll be taking your calls for the rest of the program today. It's Everyone Wednesday, and we want to give these four shirts away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Of course, everyone who calls it is going to win something. And by the way, if you've won anything from us over the last 30 days, you do realize that you can only win one prize every 30 days, right? Just want to throw that out there. Uh, Genesis 9:16. when the bow is in the clouds or the rainbow in the clouds, God says, I will see it and I will remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Amen and amen. That is the purpose of the rainbow. The rainbow has been co-opted in the culture to mean all things LGBTQ, especially uh, LGBT. Um, and that's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate not to say that people who identify that way uh, don't deserve to hear the good news of the gospel. They do. But take a look at Revelation 4, 3, which is the other one. And he, Jesus, sat upon, uh, and he that sat was to look upon a, like Jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow around the throne, like a, in sight, like unto an emerald. The rainbow reflects not only God's covenant with mankind to no longer wipe us away via flood, but also it's a reminder of what will encircle the throne of judgment seat of Jesus Christ. Um, we, the people of the United States of America, are being brainwashed into thinking that the rainbow somehow uh, basically condones all sorts of uh, sexual expression that has nothing to do with biblical scripture or God's natural law. We don't have to be jerky about this, but takingtherainbowback.com will show you how we can stand firmly, but with gentleness and respect, hey, it's a t-shirt, right? <laughs> um, to be worn and just to remind people, there are a lot of people you have to understand that don't know that the rainbow is anything other than the sign of LGBT inclusion. This is our chance to set the record straight and to do so with gentleness and respect. That is good news, and that's the bottom line. Speaking of Rabbi Schneider, if you're listening on KCBC, uh, you've got Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming your way next. For those who remain on the network, a look at the COVID pandemic in the rearview mirror. And when Tucker Carlson was forced to walk the plank last week with regard to um, some of the things he said on his program, was he a liar who needed to be eliminated or was he actually telling the truth? We'll talk about COVID and bonus payments to doctors coming up next as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Uh, we're still taking your calls on Rabbi Schneider's t-shirts for takingtherainbowback.com. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, it, remember, it's Everyone Wednesday, so of course everyone who calls is going to win something. But these... These shirts are rather smart. They're rather handsome. As a matter of fact, I do appreciate them. And uh, I'm grateful that Rabbi Schneider was uh, generous with his time today, not only on our radio broadcast and podcast, but also at myhopenow.com. Uh, last week, Tucker Carlson was uh, 
April 24th is a day that will live in infamy for the left because they are utterly convinced that Tucker Carlson is a lying liar who lies. And therefore, he uh, wound up losing his uh, uh, wound up losing his gig at Fox because he's a liar. Well, that, you and I both know that's not true. I mean, if you've ever watched Tucker, I don't watch Fox News Channel on a regular basis. I look at the reporting. I read the writing every day. I read CNN, MSNBC, FoxNews.com, New York Times. I mean, I read a lot and um, try to keep up on it. But in terms of watching the Fox News Channel at 10 o'clock at night or something like that to watch a news report, I typically don't. Uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, my world's kind of fluid. Yours is probably too. It's not necessarily appointment viewing for me. Uh, though I do, if I get a chance to watch Shannon Bream on Fox News Sunday, I do like to watch that because that's a uh, an interesting and entertaining program. But when Tucker Carlson was fired, of course, the left didn't want to pay attention to anything that had to do with the real reason why he might be fired. Their narrative is this. Everybody at Fox News lies because they all say things that I don't believe in and they have malice and they're mean and they're horrible. And so therefore, uh, it, it's good. We need to get rid of the entire network. Now, bear in mind that the sum total of conservative thought in the legacy media amounts to essentially Fox News Channel, uh, One American News, and uh, let's see, Newsmax with a side order of the 700 Club. I mean, that's pretty much it. We have moments on the Bottom Line show. I uh, had another one this morning as we were recording the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. We started this podcast in four, four years in August. Uh, Bob Duco, uh, John Rush, uh, Neil Bourne, and I came together. Neil's the host of the Neil Bourne Live on WDCX in Buffalo, New York. Bob Duco, the aforementioned Bob Duco show, WMUZ in Detroit, Michigan. And John Rush, host of Rush to Reason, which for our KLDC listeners, John and I are on at the same time. He's on AM560 KLDC, which is a 50,000 watt you know, behemoth station that covers the whole state. And we're on AM1220 KLDC that gets out of the parking lot, I think. It, no, it's, it's got a bigger reach than that. I mean, you can hear it all over the place. And they do a half hour replay of some of our best of uh, programming on KLTT, AM670, every weekday from 2.30 to 3 in uh, in Colorado, and that KLTT covers the whole state. So, um, that, but that's it. And we marvel every week that we're doing NCR at least one point during the uh, the broadcast when we discussed the Tucker Carlson thing last week. One of us will say, you know, it's really wild, but it, we get the feeling that there are fewer and fewer programs like ours that actually have the courage to take on these projects from a biblical worldview. And we've got two of the hosts are pretty passionately pro-America, pro-God, pro-country, whatever. And the other two of us <laughs> are, try to be a bit more diplomatic and I don't want to say more moderate, but we try to make sure that we look at every facet of a story because these stories are diamonds and they've got mega facets. I mean, the world would like you to believe that it's literally check yes or no, up or down, right or left, and therefore everything is if I believe it, it's true. And if somebody else says something I don't like, then it's false. And that's not true. It's just, it's just not true. Um, when COVID came out, uh, there was a big discussion debate as to whether or not COVID was made by mankind in a lab or if it originated from bats. And it was pretty easy over the course of time to determine that, yes, it was, in fact, a strain that was created in a laboratory in the Wuhan province in China. And it did get out. It may have found its way into some bats that got out. But nonetheless, I mean, there were some people who were infected with it who were then put on airplanes and flown all over the world. 
Uh, again, that if you got it and it, it was a not a big deal for you, then you don't have to worry about it. And if you got it and it was a big deal for you, um, I still feel the effects of it. Having had it like a year ago, I had pneumonia with a side order of COVID. And um, I was just, you know, kind of curious as to whether or not this would actually, uh, you know, what kind of impact it would have. Because we were told three years ago plus that when COVID first hit, that it was going to be the end of the world. It was a global pandemic. We had, there was no cure for it. It spread like wildfire. Zillions of people would die, et cetera, et cetera. And it didn't take us long to figure out that, first of all, COVID was not going to be the source of death for people, but it would exacerbate existing, pre-existing conditions called comorbidities. That's a huge distinction to make because when it first was being reported, so-and-so died of COVID, so-and-so died of COVID, so-and-so died of COVID, what the CDC failed to mention was that there was a big difference of dying from COVID or dying of COVID and dying with COVID. It's a very subtle distinction, but it's very important to make. There's a big difference between catching COVID and then instant death and catching COVID and having it interact with one of your comorbidities like obesity, hypertension, high blood pressure. Uh, the, the list goes on. 94% of the people who contracted COVID in that first year, if they did wind up losing their lives, they did so because they died with COVID, not because of COVID. They had a comorbidity along with them. Almost half the people who got COVID wound up getting it in the hospital. I mean, and the testing was so slow and suspicious. Remember in California when the population was 40 million people? Remember how many people they were testing for COVID every week? 5,000 the first month or two, 5,000. And everybody was patting Gavin Newsom on the back for doing such a great job of containing it. Once that was established and all of a sudden there were very few of any tests of people of color, women, minorities, etc. All of a sudden it became 150,000 a day, you know? And then once you did the test, the question was, okay, I tested positive for this. So what does it mean? Because a lot of people thought test positive, the media wanted you to believe you're gone. That's it. But an interesting new report has surfaced with regard to COVID-19 that gets to the heart of one of the issues that the person we started talking about at the top of the hour here uh, was in question. And that is one Tucker Carlson. When Tucker Carlson was spending his last week on Fox News Channel, he interviewed Elon Musk, talking about Twitter. He interviewed Donald Trump, talking about, and again, Tucker Carlson was not a big fan of Donald Trump, but at least he had enough professional integrity to say, if this guy's important to conservatives and we're a conservative-leaning network, I need to interview him. You know, Chris Wallace, before he left Fox, was a registered Democrat his whole life. I don't think a lot of people on Fox News Channel knew how liberal Chris was, but he was a good journalist until he went to CNN, and then all of a sudden, nobody watches him anymore. I think we have more listeners to the bottom line show that Chris Wallace has on his, his program. So congratulations to you for listening. But with Tucker Carlson's demise, it was it, uh, didn't wasn't surprised at all that the Rob Reiners and the View and all that stuff would be ding dong the witch is dead. He's a liar. He's a liar. Because you know, there's a big difference between you're a liar because you're knowingly and willingly lying and misleading people, and I think you're a liar because you're saying things that I don't agree with, and I'm too lazy to check it out and see if you're right. And one of the things I love about our conversations here. It's bottom line show listeners are thoughtful. You guys are smart. You pay attention. And if I say something that doesn't strike right with you, 
for whatever reason, you'll at least do your homework and see if maybe I'm wrong or maybe you're wrong. But we're sharpening iron here, brothers and sisters. That's the most important thing. I don't come on here every day going, I'm right. 90 minutes every day, I'm right. You know, and, and trust me, even in the conservative world, you could find a lot of hosts who have three or four hour programs that are basically, I'm right. And if someone tries to introduce something that might actually not, you know, jibe with it, it's one of the reasons I like the National Crawford Roundtable, is the four of us get in there and we mix it up. And sometimes Bob will say something and Neil will say, hey, you know, have you thought about this? And then we go back and forth and we all come away better as hosts and as people and as brothers in Christ. But hopefully that shows, you know, a way to model how we do this. There's a growing number, though. There are are a growing number of commentators, media analysts, et cetera, in the conservative world that are finding a much bigger audience by bashing conservatives and saying, well, I'm part of a new breed of conservatives. And it's interesting to see how they do what they do. I mean, all the mainstream media loves to say we have that one token conservative. Remember when Bill Maher did his, uh, was it Politically Incorrect was the first one? And he would have three kind of fire-breathing liberals on the show. He was very liberal. And then he'd bring Dennis Prager on and say, you know, cue him up and say, all right, you're the conservative. Sometimes the conservative wasn't terribly conservative. And it goes without saying now that if the Washington Post or the New York Times or one of those leading publications has a quote-unquote conservative on board, chances are they aren't really biblical. They aren't really conservative at all. Uh, one such gentleman is a guy who's actually been on the Bottom Line show a couple times. We haven't had a conversation in many, many years. Um, and he's now a columnist at the New York Times. His name is David French. And on the other side of this break, David's done some stuff with Denison Forum. I have a lot of respect for him. Some of the ways that he approaches things are, you know, have challenged my way of thinking, and I appreciate that. But he made some comments about Tucker Carlson that I just thought were rather ill-informed and looked like he had just kind of wrapped himself up in the old gray lady, uh, New York Times, and basically is saying, and this is what it means to be conservative now. And I'm going to push back a little bit against that with some actual facts and statistics regarding something that Tucker Carlson in his final week on the air actually went after. And that was Big Pharma's role in COVID. Was it more medically driven or was it more financially driven? We're going to take a look at that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash wilsonfinancial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Everyone Wednesday, so I give out the phone number a lot. 
800-227-5278. We had those four t-shirts to give away courtesy of takingtherainbowback.com. Rabbi Kurt Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus putting this event together July 28, 29, and 30 and encouraging people to sign up at takingtherainbowback.com, but also to uh, get a shirt. It's a black t-shirt, got a rainbow on the front, Genesis 9, 16, about God's uh, ordinance with uh, our covenant with us, that the rainbow would be a sign of his uh, forgiveness of mankind. And then uh, Revelation 4, 3, uh, talking about the rainbow surrounding the throne of Jesus. And uh, that's what the rainbow is really all about. And, you know, quite frankly, it's, we don't have to get militant. We don't have to be screaming and yelling and hysterical. Quite frankly, just, you know, help people who don't know what the rainbow is all about understand what the rainbow is really all about. That's all we have to do, quite frankly. And it's not going to be easy because a lot of people are going to say, oh, no, you're just making that up. And the Bible's a fairy tale and blah, blah, blah. I expect that from the left. I don't necessarily expect it from people who profess faith in Christ, especially those who've made a good career working for places like Alliance Defending Freedom and writing for faith-based publications, guys who've contributed to uh, sites that I've appreciated, like the Denison Forum. Uh, David French has been a contributor there uh, for quite some time and has written some interesting things. He's, he's had a tough go in life. I mean, this is a guy uh, for some of his life. He came, came out as a never Trumper in 2016 and wrote very candidly and vulnerably about the fact that his family had been victimized, yet even terrorized by some really ardent Trump supporters. And some things happened to them that were just, they weren't, they, they were just completely out of line. Anybody uh, who had had to go through that type of stuff um, would, uh, <laughs> it would question your belief. And I, I know that the four years Donald Trump was in office were really tough for the French family and people like David French who, you know, see themselves as evangelical Christians, but, you know, just the, the, the stench of Donald Trump's presidency, and that's how they would probably describe it, was just more than they could bear. So Tucker Carlson became that guy for these folks as they elevated up through the ranks. And David French was writing for the Dispatch, which along with Jonah Goldberg and uh, other, Mark Williamson, some other, uh, Kevin Williamson, excuse me, um, took a very center hard left view of conservatism. And usually it kind of boiled down to this. I'm a Christian, but if you like Donald Trump and voted for Donald Trump, you couldn't possibly be a Christian. So therefore the battle lines are drawn. And I thought that's, that's a little unfair. I, I, I can see where someone could make a case for supporting Donald Trump or not supporting Donald Trump and not lose their faith in Christ. But for people in the David French world, apparently they do. And so this is what he tweeted out uh, last April 24th, the day that the uh, the bombshell announcement was made that Tucker Carlson and Fox News were parting ways. Uh, the New York Times had been tipped off to it the Friday before, which gave Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez plenty of ammunition to go on a program with Jen Psaki, the former White House press secretary who now hosts a show where? On MSNBC, of course, kind of a continuation of her work in the White House. And she said, oh, I think people should be censored who uh, they should be removed from platforms if they're they're saying, you know, <laughs> if they're making these fascist comments. And I thought, do you understand the irony? of complaining against somebody about somebody who you think is a fascist and then your remedy for that problem is to take a move that a fascist dictator would do we'll just silence you we'll shut you down the woke crowd with the cancel culture has absolutely no idea of the irony or the self-owning that they that they do on a regular basis and aoc was no different uh, we could go sunday 
Well, then Monday happened and we all knew what was going on. So here's David French. He had a couple of tweets, but this is one uh, that he tweeted on April 24th at uh, 9.59 a.m. Eastern time. We don't know Tucker's replacement. It could be someone worse. But for now, his removal is a blow against his ideological movement and against the incredible malice and dishonesty of his public presence. That sheer malice is a hallmark of the new right, and it took a blow today. Okay. So that malice that David French spoke of uh, met a kind of a rebuttal, actually a couple days before, from Matt Staver and our friends at the Liberty Council. And I want to share with, uh, with you a, a press release that they put out, ironically, April 21st, that, um, that kind of helps some people understand why there was a lot of concern with regard to the COVID pandemic and how it was handled. Many people of the Christian faith and even outside the Christian faith were skeptical of the vaccine is the solution uber alles message that was coming. We were concerned when we saw that hospitals were in a big hurry to put people into intensive care units and on ventilators without any track record of knowing whether or not they would be proven. As a matter of fact, when Kathy Hochul became the governor of New York after Andrew Cuomo resigned in disgrace, one of the, she decided to do an audit of the New York medical system. There was the problem, remember, with the nursing homes and the number of people who were sent there and, and wound up dying. The leading demographic for death in New York during the early stages of COVID was adults over 65 and the number one place they were dying were in nursing homes where they were supposed to be getting the care that they needed you know protect them from the rest of the outside world you couldn't go in and visit your family that type of thing well it's interesting to note that oftentimes when people are looking at a pandemic they think very altruistically everybody's doing everything they can to save lives and there was no shortage of that on social media you know, I'm a nurse and I work 36 hours a day. I'm a doctor and I haven't had a, a meal in a week, you know, that type of stuff. And there were people who were doing heroic things based on what they were being told to do. But once the vaccines came out, people started asking questions like, why are they pushing the vaccine so hard, but no one has been talking treatment? What about Dr. Simone Gold of the uh, America's Frontline Doctors crowd who were passionate about saying, look, there are ways you can treat COVID. And every time we tried to propose that you use uh, ivermectin or uh, you know, Z-Pack or something like that for treatment, that you would get shut down. You would be deplatformed from social media. In some cases, states like California, if you challenge the so-called settled science on COVID, you'd lose your license. Well, guys like Tucker Carlson were beating the drum and saying, hey, this is a problem. This is really happening. He called Tony Fauci into question. He talked to Donald Trump and, you know, they pushed hard on him. Why were you in such a hurry for the vaccine? It was political, but I, but I understand it. But the left just seems incredulously, or they, they look incredulously at conservatives and say, how could you challenge this? This is ridiculous. Why would you put an untested, unproven medication like ivermectin that does not have FDA approval for treating COVID into the hands of doctors or patients and actually let them use it as a treatment? To which I would respond, well, yeah, unproven, untested for that purpose. Yeah, let's take another example. How about mifepristone? You know, the medication that was never tested to be used as a so-called safe medical abortion? Never approved by the FDA for that purpose. Emergency approval for use as a remedy for an illness. 
And the FDA actually reclassified pregnancy as an illness so that RU486, Mifepristone, could actually be marketed for free, by the way. The the guy who, the ones who came up with RU486 donated their patent to some group called the World Population Council so they could make a lot of money for big pharma on the French abortion pill. Well, if Tucker Carlson was such an anathema as writers like David French and publications like the New York Times said, what exactly was he talking about and was it actually inaccurate? I've got some statistics that I think will back up Tucker's position. We'll talk about those coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's so interesting when you do a little analysis, balance, and clarity, and a little FTM, it goes along with it, FTM, follow the money. Um, Dr. Fauci has been making the rounds talking about COVID-19, and there's been a big hue and cry as to what actually went down, how much of this was science, how much of it was medical, how much of this was money. Um, very interesting. The uh, There's a new report out uh, by the folks at Liberty Council with regard to how much money actually went to the medical world um, and where were the incentives. Because, you know, we saw the pictures of the doctors and the nurses and the frontline workers um, who were really laying their lives in the line, working long hours and, and running the risk of getting COVID and potentially dying from it because we were told that if you caught COVID, you were going to die from it. And then it was, well, if you caught COVID and you had a comorbidity, you were at greater risk. And then it was, we're not going to give you any treatment for this, but if you get the vaccine, you should be fine. And people believed it, which is kind of crazy. But check this out. Documents that have been secured by the Liberty Council uh, reveal that federal health insurance program, Medicare, uh, California's Department of Healthcare Services, and the health insurance provider Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield Medicaid in Kentucky incentivized healthcare providers with direct financial gain to promote and administer the COVID-19 shot. <clears throat> now, understand that Medicaid beneficiaries are in lower and income minority communities. Medicaid is a joint federal and state program that helps people with limited income cover their medical costs. For people who are listening to the Bottom Line show in California, remember when Governor Newsom, or uh, Governor Nebuchadnezzar Newsom, uh, was bragging about the fact that we have this massive budget surplus and, and isn't it great? Look at how I've handled things during COVID, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
California, from September 21 to February 22, received payments $350 million, and that was simply because there were 14 million Medicaid beneficiaries in the state of California who got the COVID shot. Remember all the ads? Oh, yeah, get the shot. You're going to be safe. You're going to be safe. You're going to be safe. Of the $350 million that California got, half of the money came from federal taxpayer dollars and the other came from California state taxpayers. $200 million went to paying financial rewards to healthcare providers who met certain performance marks, raising the percentage of patients who had received the COVID-19 injection. Basically, if you wanted to get paid under California's payment structure, you got an extra incentive for injecting people, if you will, who were age 50 to 64 and had chronic conditions, or you also got an extra boost for injecting young people ages 12 to 25. Now, let me ask you a question, brothers and sisters. Did you pay attention to the National Crawford Roundtables when we talked about COVID and Bob Duco and yours truly and the other guys? would have conversation about how many children there are in America, 77 million kids aged 17 and under, how many of them tested positive for COVID, it was uh, over a million and change, and how many kids actually died from COVID, it was less than 1,000. The vaccine for anyone age 17 and under was pretty worthless. I mean, if a kid got COVID and had a comorbidity, chances are they were fighting cancer or something like that, and it wasn't going to be long. But the state of California incentivized the jab for kids. And that's why there was such a huge push. There was a pay structure incentive program for Medicaid to get people vaccinated. Not because it was for a health reason. Not because they were concerned over people getting it, spreading it, and potentially dying from it. But because they had millions of these different vaccine doses to give out. And California was bound and determined to inject all 14 million people on Medicaid in the Golden State. We must do a better job of taking care of our population, no question about it. And I believe everything we can do to take care of people with health care issues and things of that nature is important. But when the money becomes more important than the medicine when it comes to health care, we've got a serious problem. And that's the world we're living in right now. The good news is there is something we can do about it. And that's the bottom line.